Welcome to another episode of the Vineyard Nordic podcast. My name is Jon and I am the host of this podcast where we interview different people in and around our Nordic movement. The Vineyard Nordic podcast is the best way to stay up to date with the latest news and inspiring stories relating to how God is at work in the Vineyard Nordic community. I think our call as vineyard is the calling to make people experience God. It's, it's not only by word or teaching or it's to experience God. I think that's what we need to focus on, to lay our hands on people, sick people and people that needs to feel love needs to feel the love of God. And I know that we have been equipped to do this. So it's it's a matter of doing more than talk about it. Today I'm very happy to speak to Nicolas Wingren, or Nicky as he is called. He is the pastor of Vineyard Hope of Life in Stockholm, Sweden. Nicky is married to Johanna and together with their kids they live south of Stockholm in the suburb Skärholmen. In this episode we will hear Nicky share freely from his life with God and from both experiencing and being led by the Holy Spirit in amazing ways. We also talk about how their church are doing amazing work for the people in their local community. A community which is full of hopelessness and brokenness due to socio-economic challenges. I am so encouraged and inspired after this talk and I really don't think you want to miss this one. So listen and hope you enjoy it. So I'm very happy to have Nikki here today in this podcast. Uh, Nikki, very welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm fine today. I'm grateful to God to still living. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. What, what have you done today? Yeah, I'm uh, usually I've been working a little from my home and uh, taking care of the children. So. The normal stuff and uh, always trying to reach some new people or persons that need needs God. So that, that's always so like good. that. Can you share <laughs> a little bit like about yourself and about your families and yeah, life in general? We will dig deeper in this later on, but just briefly. Yeah, my name is Nicky Wingren and um, uh, I'm a father of uh, six children. Um, me and my wife get married uh, in the year of 2000. Then we went to Argentina. Uh, I would say I'm from Argentina. Uh, my descendants are uh, Swedes, but they emigrate uh, through the U.S. and then to Brazil. So that's part of my story too. In the, and the reason why they emigrate through the U.S. and uh, later on to Brazil was in the search for the Holy Spirit and the fire. So oh. uh, that, that's a little of my my way of being is always searching for the fire and the Holy Spirit. That's that my life. That sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so good. I mean, you're, you're from South America. I mean, I have tasted your barbecues sometimes <laughs> and I know you're really good at cooking. Uh, so, what is your favorite food? I couldn't uh, couldn't choose to not ask you <laughs> this question. <laughs> yeah, as I am from Argentina, I do like meat. Uh, of course, it's uh, like the national food in Argentina, and all kinds of spice, you know, spicy yeah. things. But um, 
in Argentina, there are many immigrants from Italy, so they are used to eat uh, quite a lot of pasta too. So I, I do like to cook pasta, yeah. different kinds of pasta. That's good. Yeah. And I also want to ask you, what is your definition of leadership? Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I do remember when we planned our first church uh, coming from Argentina. Uh, I told the the, the people uh, that was uh, 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 on that place that uh, there is no other pastor than the Holy Spirit. I told mm. them, and they looked at me and told me, "How can you say that? We need some human to follow." No, it's not. <laughs> That's not the answer. You need the Holy Spirit, uh, the true pastor that will guide us. Uh, so uh, I think uh, I think that's the reason why I like Vineyard. It's it's because of that sensibility to to listen to the Holy Spirit, and um, I, I think He is the only true leader. Oh, so the Holy Spirit is the true leader. So, so we, I, I think we need to be humble and try to search or, or try to reach his his will or what he's saying to us. So maybe definition of leadership is to be really sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to be led in everything we do. Yes, that's that By should him. be. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and as we always do in this podcast, we would like to hear a little bit from you know, your own life and what has shaped your life. And I mean, turning points in your life that has shaped who you are today. So, I mean, please feel free to share, I mean, two, three situations from your life that has really shaped who you are today. Yeah, well, my story is quite, quite long, but I, I can resume it in, uh, in a few points of my turning points in my life. And uh, one of the first turning points in my life was... When I was quite little, uh, I think uh, I would have uh, like nine years old or something, uh, or ten. Like then I was listening to a cassette band, you know, these old ones from the eighties, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was John Wimber talking. So my father, he is a Lutheran priest, so he worked for the Swedish mission in Argentina. Uh, and then um, I think it was around those years in the 80s that Wimmer was in Sweden. So he was visiting to the Lutheran church in Sweden. So they make like a podcast, yeah. something like that. So, and I remember him uh, talking, uh, sharing a prophetic word. And when I discovered that, that God can talk to us through prophetic words, it came so real to me that he's present. So uh, that changed my my whole view of, of God. And I longed for to discover more of that. So when I when Vineyard came to Sweden in the 90s, I heard about that Vineyard was in Sweden. They have planted a church. They like kind of, I run to the church just to discover all that. And I have been doing that now many years, and um, I have not always been a part of Vineyard, but uh, I still a longing for for discover ma- more. Mm. Uh, I'm talking Spanish now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm changing <laughs> to Spanish. <laughs> uh, yeah, just like uh, to discover more of that. So that was uh, a 
changing point of my uh, my life. Mm. And what, what? Yeah, what was it with the teaching you heard that you know when you were ten years old? What was it that really stuck with you? What was it that really you know? I, I think he, he, the way he was talking, there was so much love in his way of saying things. Uh, there was a passion for something he felt real. And when he was sharing this prophetic word, it was to help somebody else. It's, it was not for him. It was to help somebody else. Mm. And that, like, if you include this other part of being a part of God's army, <laughs> mm. Uh, I, I think it's uh, it puts like put me on the right spot. Now I, I understand now what what's all about. Mm. Uh, I think that so. also brings us back to what you shared earlier, like that the definition of leadership is to really follow the Holy Spirit, and I think that's also my my experience with the vineyard over the years, like how the central thing in leadership is really to go like where is God leading us, what is God doing, and trying as a leader and as a congregation to tune into that and go with that, that no one has a closer possibility to hear what God say than another person that like mm. we all can hear him mm. and leadership is really by listening to that and, and go with that in a way. Mm. I think uh, our call as, as Vineyard is if we see our differences between the churches, I think the Vineyard has the calling to make people experience God. It's, it's not only by word or teaching or, or it's to experience God, to, mm. to experience. And um, mm. I think that's what we need to focus on, to mm. lay our hands on people, sick people, and people that needs to feel love, needs to feel the, the love of God. And I know that we in the vineyard, we have been equipped with the necessary to do this. So I, I, I think it's it's a matter of uh, do it more than talk about it. So mm. we need to do it. We need to expose ourselves to other people's to relationships, e- even if we are afraid about to get hurt or, mm. or tired or whatever. Uh, we need to expose ourselves to other people to to like feel good. Because that's our calling. Mm. God has put this in our hearts from the beginning. So we are just following something that he has put in us from the beginning. So Then I think my whole childhood, as my mother was very sick and she has these drinking problems, I think I um, struggled all my life trying to help her to come over it and uh, get forward somehow. So it was very difficult for me and um, uh, many other things that uh, it didn't went right. Uh, so I will always, I think, see myself as you can find uh, in Luke 4, that's saying that, you know, when Jesus in the temple says he has sent me to the broken heart. So I always feel about myself as a person with a broken heart. So I see myself sent to people with broken hearts. Uh, so that encounter with uh, with the voice of John Wimber and and knowing about myself how I felt about myself uh, as a broken heart person, mm-hmm. I did want to like my ancestors. I I did want to follow this this passion of the spirit, and 
So um, the first one was a changing point for my life too. It was uh, when I came to Sweden alone. I was uh, nearly 18 years old and um, I did felt uh, quite alone. Uh, I didn't have many people in Sweden to ask for help, but I went to a school and then I, uh, I, I had two friends and one of them had received Christ in Spain. So uh, she invites me to this uh, charismatic conference in the north of Spain, uh, in Westcar. And um, I was a little, I, I did want something more, but I, I really did want to experience the power of God. But somehow I was a little skeptic about the Pentecostals, you know, because the Pentecostals are a little, they, they are like trying to, put God in in a box. <laughs> it, it's like to contain him and not leaving his power to expand. So, so I was a little skeptic about that, but I thought, yeah, I will go. So I went to Spain and this conference, and, and it was the first time in my life that I talked in other tongues. Uh, I could experience the fire of God, uh, and it was so powerful. So until the day and until this day, I do remember it as it was yesterday. So that was a big changing point for my life too. I didn't felt alone after that. I felt always like somebody was with me. And um, then I uh, discovered Vineyard when I came to Sweden, and uh, then I began to to be a part of the Vineyard Church, Stockholm Vineyard in in Stockholm. <laughs> and then the nineties came, and it was uh, you know Toronto will sing the sun, you know the Toronto yes. blessing. And uh, I do remember Paul Kane was saying that uh, this is was in the beginning of the nineties, and he was saying that in the middle of the nineties, God will turn around Sweden. And I was saying it's like two three years until then. <laughs> so I'm thinking, uh, okay, yes, or but it did happen. So it was. My experience of the Toronto blessing more than discovered that we can lie on the floor <laughs> yeah. and jump and uh, stuff like that. It's very common for a South American to express themselves through the body anyway. Mm. But I, I think, uh, yeah, it's turned my life to, to see a discover that God wants to, us to feel God more. Yeah. And for the people that, that don't know about the Toronto blessing, it was yeah. uh, it was something started in the U.S. The Holy Spirit came and and people were experiencing very much on the outside. Uh, God was doing a lot in people and through people, and there was like a lot of leaders leading big churches today that actually came out of that kind of movement that was during a long period of time where they had meetings every day almost. <laughs> people were coming to this church and and experienced the Holy Spirit in a new way. And then it came to Stockholm. And and can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, I think many, many had shared the same story somehow. But uh, in my perspective, it was stuff like the knowledge of time, the losing the knowledge of time, and uh, that you like could be in the presence of God, but but you don't experience time. Uh, stuff like that, and uh, to experience His love is so powerful that you just lay down and you don't want to get up. That, that was so powerful that experience that the spirit is stronger than my the force of my body and if i want him to control me then he will control me uh, so that was the 
I think the fruit of what I got of that experience was that if I let him, he will control me. He will control my my desires, my passion, my. So it's a war. It's a war. It's a fight, and we need more of God. Experience more. I, I think all this has to do with the Holy Spirit, and I've discovered that more and more. That why people come to our churches. It's not. It could be a good teaching, of course, but somehow they experience love. What is love? It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. So somehow. Uh, I, I, through all this, what I have experienced about the Holy Spirit, it's that He's really the only real thing. We, as, as you know, the the Bible says that Jesus is the face of the unseen God. You know, but the Holy Spirit is the face of what we cannot see about Jesus. So Jesus, we cannot see Him, but He is present through the Holy Spirit. So I think somehow we we are leaving the Holy Spirit beside and, and we, we don't put in in the right place. So I think it's it's not a little thing, it's a, it's a big thing. And we, if we understand that what God has given the vineyards, if we understand what he has laid in our hands to work with, it's it's something big. It it hasn't end. It's not the finish now for to begin again. There is some shift of generations, yes, but it's still the same calling, you know? Uh, so I think um, we need to discover love again. Uh, another experience was the death of my uh, oldest child. Uh, she died uh, when she was six years old and she drowned. And that uh, put me in a state of coma, you know? didn't want to do anything more in my life. I didn't see a meaning of doing anything. Uh, it was like a nightmare, deep nightmare. And I didn't have the strength to be happy or think about happiness. This is, was in the year of 99. So in that moment, I left the vineyard for many years. It was not because of the church. It was because of what I was feeling. But um, in uh, around the year 2001, God uh, talked to me again, and he said, go to Spain again. So I went to a conference called uh, Soldier of God. <laughs> it's uh, also mis- a Christian musician called uh, Miguel Casina. He, he, he had these conferences. And like 2000, January 2001, I went to this conference, and then I experienced again that blessing of Toronto again in my life. The preacher who was the pastor who was speaking, he talked about some things um, like be free. So when he ended his preaching, I just only remember that I went to the front of the church and I, I, I get down on my knees and um, then I lose time. Totally. I was like, transported to heaven or something <laughs> but i could yeah i could see my daughter coming down somehow in a in a vision and she was coming like with two angels and she she told me dad i'm fine now complete wow. your mission complete your mission uh, so she was saying that as i knew what i had to do complete mm. your mission 
She didn't tell me why to do, what to do or something. It's just complete your mission. I'm fine now. Complete your mission. Can can you understand? I was for six hours on my knees, wow. and I didn't remember I, when I had been on my knee uh, for six hours. So the conference personnel they were serving the the food for the the evening. So they came to me and said, hey, "Do you want to eat something? We are, we are closing the kitchen now." <laughs> it had been for six hours on my knee. Wow. So uh, yeah, it was uh, like it's some similar to Toronto Blessing, and those encounters with the Holy Spirit are they, they mark our lives, and that's what we. It's it's like the baptisms, you know. You, mm. you try to reach that turning point in your life that gives you strength. Mm. That's the the mark of the Holy Spirit in your life and gives you strength to continue. So I I, I did want to add that. Uh, that yeah, uh, so good story. I mean, it's really powerful and so. Yeah, it's cool to see how God can work through such a story and experience in life and bring you back to another country and and giving you a message through your own daughter in this way. <laughs> yeah. oh. I do like uh, talking about hope of life. Yeah, let's move into that. I mean, that's also <laughs> something we should talk about today. Move into, to I mean, yeah, as your church, you're leading, like, uh, feel free to share whatever, but you can also give the listeners a know about what is the church and a little bit yeah. background information as well. So I would talk about hope of life, Vineyard Hope of Life. It's, uh, it's a project for the moment. Uh, me and my wife... When we were returning from Argentina in the year of the end of 2002, uh, we returned to Sweden and um, we uh, thought about going to some church. But as my wife is Pentecostal uh, and in Argentina, we work in a missionary station. And uh, so we had been in Argentina there after we married. And um, then when we came back to Sweden, we, we thought about joining some church, but we felt that God didn't allow us to do it. We felt that we had to plant a church. So uh, we plant what we call Esperanza de Vida. It's the same as Hope of Life, but in Spanish. Uh, we plant that church, I think it were the year yeah, 2007. No, two, yeah, 2007, I think it was. So we planted a church and we, we wasn't uh, part of a bigger collective or, or denomination. So, but we always have teach the vineyard way. Uh, my wife is a very lovely person. She loves everybody. <laughs> and yeah, she, she loves, does. yeah, <laughs> she loves uh, everywhere. So uh, that was a part of what we felt our mission was is to heal the broken hearts. So uh, he asked God to send us to people with broken hearts. So he was sending to our church only people with broken hearts. <laughs> so, so we had quite a much job. And uh, we work much with uh, social things like helping uh, immigrants in Sweden to establish themselves here. or to Yeah, we, we like uh, work a lot of that uh, all those years. Uh, and somehow the church did grow quite big. Well, like uh, I, I think it was around 100 people connected to the church somehow. But um, 
we felt something was uh, missing. So we felt that we we had do we have done the, what God told us to do, but something was missing. So we were a little tired for a moment, and then um, we were already here in Harholman in Stockholm, uh, participating in a denomination called the Kumenia Shirka. We was renting there or something, using their place, their church to do our services and stuff like that. So, but we felt that God told us to reach the new generation. So uh, we we like old people, like you know everybody. <laughs> Yeah. There is love for everybody, but he was sending us uh, in a new way to young people, to children and young people. Uh, so we told the, the church that we will leave you now. You can continue this church, but we will leave and we will go out on the streets and reach those uh, broken hearts that needs to hope. That's why we call it hope of life because we are sharing a hope for everybody. And the Holy Spirit, it's the experience of hope we can have uh, in our life. So um, in that moment, when we take the steps out of Mikael Ishik, and what is the, the name of the church that we were being a part of uh, and had our services, then uh, I saw God pointing to Stockholm Vineyard. Uh, he was like pointing with his mm. hand. Mm. And say, go there, go to Stockholm Vineyard. And I asked myself, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> it, it's, uh, but I did that. I took contact with um, Andreas uh, Edian, uh, yeah, and the other leaders too, and uh, they welcomed us. And um, we began to be part of Stockholm Vineyard. Then uh, many uh, did follow us to Sokolvinia too, but it's like the calling wasn't for everybody. It's like mm. was was more for us. Mm. So they drop off after a little passing a time. They drop off and um, they went back to oh Mikhail Shirkan, the the other church or yeah other places. So then we were like yeah our family were left. So we were part of Stockholm Vineyard and um, just wait a moment for God to to do something more or say something more in our life. And then we began to work in Karlholmen. We were helping our mother church, of course, quite a long period. But we had a heart for young people. So in Karlholmen, uh, here in Stockholm, we tried to reach new young people that needed a father and a mother. Uh, so today we have many children. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, for Skärholmen, for the people who doesn't know about the area, can you describe a little bit about the suburb and like what are the the culture and the young people that you reach into? What, what kind of situation are they they in, and what have you seen through your work? Yeah, the, we are living in like in a, in the woods between two areas of populations that are one of the most dangerous in Sweden. They are kill people here nearly not every day, but very it's very common. There is a lot of drugs and uh, other stuff, crimes and gangs around this area too. Yeah, I think uh, many many people around this area. Uh, they try not to see it because they are afraid, but it's a reality here. And uh, we can see this culture growing in uh, in young people. 
Uh, it begins uh, when they are very young. We can see the, in Skärholmen, uh, you can see when the metro goes, they are recruiting like uh, children, nine-year-old children to sell drugs. Uh, it's very common. They know that police can't take them, so they use young people to sell their drugs. So that's terrible. It's it's uh, very frustrating, and uh, it's a work of the devil. So we want to send a hope, a new culture, for, or set a new culture for these young people, that they can see and experience love. They don't need to feel poor or you know many people here around this area they don't have so much money they are not poor like in south america but the young people feel that don't have the necessary to to live a good life so somehow they are frustrated and they began these gangs try to recruit them and tell them that they will have a lot of money if they begin to sell drugs so now we have initiated a project that we are working, trying to reach uh, the youngest, like 9, 10 to 12 years old. Uh, we are standing outside the metro and uh, trying to start a relationship with them. So try to guide them in a, another direction. Uh, we, we can see we, we can't save the, probably those who are around 20 or they believe this culture is a good culture, criminal gang culture. Uh, but we think that there is a hope if we reach them in a very young age. So we're trying to work with the youngest. Then we think God will lead us to the big fish too. But it's a little, you know, dangerous too, because we don't want to interfere in their business. If you destroy their business, they can kill you. So... I'm not afraid to die for Christ, but uh, somehow I want to try to save uh, some more, <laughs> some more people, <laughs> That's young <good>. people. <laughs> yeah. So somehow we want to share love, not to destroy mm. what they are doing. We are not police or something. We are trying to share love. Mm. And I was so touched. I mean, last summer you had this uh, local newspaper was writing about your church, or they actually wrote about the big uh, greenhouse on the on the top of the the hill and uh, (laughs) it was always people in this house and there was uh, music and there was a lot of young people and and they wanted to invest and see what are these people doing and and who are these people and and it turned out to be you and I mean you're you're doing this church out of your home of this big Um, house that you got kind of one year ago I mean please share about this house and the vision you have had for that and how you're building community and you're actually building church around your weeks. It's not just uh, church services. It's a lifestyle in a way. Yeah, the, the, this it was this article that they write about us and, us, and uh, they asked me, what is the Vineyard Church? So uh, it was difficult to, to respond to that question, but I thought about the hippies, you know? <laughs> about everybody starting on the beaches, a beach on in California, you know. And um, I thought about that, that the broken heart, you know, people that needs love. So I told them that we were part of the hippie movement, <laughs> coming <laughs> from the U.S., and they liked it. Yeah. So yeah, there was. This is a different church. Yeah, I could take this. <laughs> so. The 
these two reporters were very impressed by the love they feel. I think we talk about heaven and hell and everything. The, the conversation was very long. They, I think they stayed at our home for two hours or something, take pictures. And, and after that, it was so clear for me that our mission is to the brokenhearted. And our mission is to give a hope. And our mission is to share love. Share love is share the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. So um, that article gave us some uh, recognized, what is a recognition yeah. in this area? And uh, the politicians around here, they notice that, oh, okay, it's a church in that house now. So um, now we have a better relationship with the uh, authorities, the policemen, when you meet them in the plaza or something, they know where you live. You are from the greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, yeah, they, they're very reverent to us in, in that way. Um, yeah. But we do a lot of things to that house. We have had um, moms with children and um, living with us for quite a lot of time. Last time we had a mom with a six-year-old girl. Now she is baptized and she believes in Christ. Wow. She has married. So she lived with us for eight months. And before that, she wasn't Christian. So that's, we have seen God doing very nice things. So today he, she has her uh, permission to stay in Sweden and everything. So it's fantastic. And, um, we have services like every Sunday. We are doing some worship communities too, trying to to teach this way of the Holy Spirit that we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and not only making services about teaching or you know trying to teach young people to listen to God. So today we have yeah it's 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 around forty five people connected to our church. Yeah and 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 I think we missed that before but as you said you you were part of Stockholm Vineyard uh, I mean you are part of Stockholm Vineyard in a way still so you came there with with your wife and the kids being part and then actually last year it was more official that you became an own church project or a vineyard project so it's not yeah. really a church plant but it's still part of Stockholm Vineyard but it's a project that that yeah. you 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 dream of or you see in the future to be to be a church uh, in the south of Stockholm. Yeah, we see we see somehow if you work in the same city, uh, uh, somehow you 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 will need to be connected to the other parts of uh, the same church. So we have never really seen the importance of being our own church. Uh, we feel good about being a part of the big thing. But we see that uh, it's natural to, as we are sending new people to uh, to do other stuff uh, in the kingdom, uh, I think it's natural to grow to be a, a church. After, you know, COVID, uh, the pandemic, I think as we couldn't go to the other part of Stockholm Vineyard, then we <laughs> had to work here. <laughs> yeah. So that was the turning point to be a project. I, I think we and somehow we have already been in project planting for for time, but somehow it went more official that we now are a project. Um, so um, I think it's necessary to to change our way of seeing church because 
We have been sent as hope of life to the brokenhearted. We are sent to people that needs God, needs an, an encounter with his Holy Spirit. And I think we need to change our way of viewing church. It's not only about having the same vision. It's about experience God. And you have your 12, you have your 72, and, and, and you, you know, like Jesus, you, you have your, all these kind of different relationships. But that's the church. That's the church. It's a movement. And I think the Vineyard Reformation movement, it's, it's a movement of changing things. Mm. Uh, it's part of the call of the Vineyard. So I think it's not a little, little calling. It's a big calling. I think uh, I, I really like what you share about being a movement rather than the traditional way of church, like gather as many people on one uh, particular particular service. It's more of like affecting people in your everyday life. As you say, you you invite people to stay at your home if they need that. You reach the young people on the streets. You, uh, you just have to share this story that you shared with me the last summer when you were out with your dog. Like your dog is really the tool for you to to experiencing God's and uh, seeing him do his work in other people. Like, can you share this story you shared about me with me about the dog? Yeah, I could share. My, I have many stories, uh, different story, kind of stories. Uh, but um, you, I, I think I, I, I will say something before I tell the story. It's, it's important that we... Sometimes I feel to say this that we sometimes feel that we are tired, or nobody listens to us, and uh, we are not so effective, or nobody's coming. But we all always trying to to do church as we want to do church, but we are not listening to the Holy Spirit. He wants to do church the other way. So s- somehow I think it's important to not to be afraid of being tired of wasting your days or years doing this, doing the good things, because that's the spirit of Christ. He was sacrificing himself for the others. And we are doing the same. And I think we forget that we have a special calling as church. You can see it in the two last chapter of, of Revelation. Like you see the church is not the same thing as the, everybody who had their name written in the book of life. It's, it's, it's a special calling to be church. Be church is giving your life as Christ did it for others. And we have something different coming for us uh, in the eternity too. It's not the same for everybody. We have a special, I won't say price, but somehow it's a special calling to be church. So it's not a little thing we do. It's a big thing we do. And then uh, I would like to, to invite you to expose yourself for other people. Don't be afraid to waste your days of power, uh, your life on, on other people. Do the good things. And uh, that God sees all that. So when I was working with the dog, it's always <laughs> it's like always having a encounter with something. So... Um, yeah, I can share a little fast two stories. And one of them was uh, we were working with my wife and the dog in the darks of the woods and uh, very near the waters, uh, the, the lake. So then in the middle of the dark, we heard here and uh, a woman shout, like asking for help. And she was she was really scared, like 
somebody was uh, hurting her or something like that. So, uh, yeah, we were like uh, scared too. Somehow we, we thought that, uh, yeah, maybe they are trying to abuse this woman or something like that. So in the middle of the dark, we couldn't see her. We just heard her voice and we heard her screaming and and then I thought, uh, maybe I should scream, uh, I am the police. Stop what you're doing. The police is coming. So, uh, and then she continues to scream. Uh, I'm trying to go in the direction the voices was coming. So I took the dog and I went, we went, uh, my wife and me, and in, uh, in that direction. And until we come, and confront a black woman, probably from Africa. Uh, and she was crying desperately. And we're trying to calm her and ask what happened. Why are you like this? And then we pray for her. I, and my wife uh, hugged her like, and we began to pray for her spontaneously. And when we were praying, I received a prophetic word somehow, knowledge word that, was saying, I, we are the sign from God that he wants you to live. So we didn't know why, but I, I told her this while we were praying for her. And after we had prayed for her, then she told us that she was, she was trying to kill herself. Uh, she has planned to hit herself with a stone and um, fall into the waters. Uh, so... And then she says to me that I said to God, if you send me a sign, then I won't kill myself. Wow. And we appear wow. in the middle of the darkness. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> yeah, and what I like with this story so much is that it's really out of you going out in your everyday life. Yeah. Getting your dog out and then just being open to the Holy Spirit and... You hear someone screams and you're like, okay, maybe we should go there. Or I scream, I'm from the police. And then you go there, you do what you can do, you pray, and, and you get this word of knowledge. And then suddenly that was, I mean, so much from God. And, and it was out of the ordinary. And I think that's that frames so good in, in a way of you in church, being a church, that it's really about you and me going out in our everyday life and, and being able to listen to God and being sensitive to what he's leading us to. And that's so exciting to hear from me, at least I would say. Um, and before we, we're going to land and end for this talk, um, I just wonder if there's any more story you would share from your life, from maybe from the life of the, the youth, the young people that you are working a lot with. Yeah, yeah I can share one of the, the young girls. Um, Many years ago, we were going around the, the downtown of Arholman in the mall. Then we were like praying for people very simply. So then this young little African girl came on. We, we stopped her and asked her, is there anything you want to ask God to do in your life? We can pray now and you will see it happen. So she she was like playing basket, you know. Yeah. So she told me, I want to be part of this team. It's very difficult to be part of or, or join that team. But I want to, I, I want this. If you want to pray for something, 
pray that. So we did pray. And years later, I didn't remember yeah. that girl very much, but years later, she's joining us here. And I didn't remember that it was that girl. So wow. this summer, wow. I discovered that it was that girl. I said, wasn't you that we pray for to join that team? Yes. And did you join that team? Yes, I did join wow. that team. So uh, it was so incredible. And now she's part of, uh, yeah, she's a beautiful young girl serving God and playing basket, you know. Yeah. So it's incredible that only doing something that we think not so important could do change a life of a person. Yeah. So I want more of that. I want to expose myself for different situation. And and you say oh, many times you have say now to do every everyday life, but I I want I would say you don't need to prepare yourself. Just go. Yeah. That's just true. go and expose yourself. Take time for people. Expose yourself for the Holy Spirit and other people's needs. And you will see something, uh, oh, wow, you will see the power of God. And that is what we need as a fuel to continue. Mm. Mm. I think if we don't have that fuel to see the kingdom happen, then we get tired and we don't know why to continue. But mm. that's a good fuel. <laughs> to yeah, see the I, think, I mean, work. I am so um, what you say, encouraged and challenged by our talk today. It's just so encouraging and inspiring to hear hear how how you have established your movement in Skärholmen and really what you see happening there. And and for me, I mean, I'm part of leading the youth here in the Nordic, and it's so nice to see all these young people coming to to our camps. And there are people that never been in church; they are not churchy kind of people if you were to say but they are so wonderful and i mean to see they experience god and you know bringing their ads to the table it's such a beautiful thing to see and i look forward to see more of that in the future and i'm sure that this talk will inspire people out there to go after the loss and the people that needs hope because i think all of us need hope um and the last question is if you were to design or write something on a billboard for the whole world to see, what would that be? Yeah, it would be experience the power of the love of God. I think uh, people don't know they can experience these kind of things, uh, but I think they see it through you first. They experience the love of God through you first, then they can experience directly with the Holy Spirit too. But mm. we need to be that bridge for them to see. And mm. I, when I'm saying loving people, it's not only to give them a little time or it's, it's to be their parents. Mm. Uh, it's, it's to guide them and be there for them in everything. You cannot fix people's lives if they need work or something, mm. but you can give them uh, a tool to work with. And uh, mm. that tool is God. Uh, so they can have a hope. The meaning is not that we fix people's lives or their feeling or what they have experienced, but we need to guide them to have an experience with God so they can go on with their lives. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much, Nikki, for this talk. And I just pray all the blessing and 
I mean, wish all the the best for you and the family and and the church project and everything that you are standing in the midst of right now. And thank you for being part of this episode. <laughs> thank you. God bless you in this work. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to follow the Vina Nordic movement and everything that is happening, you can go to Facebook and Instagram and follow us under Vineyard Nordic. You can also help us by subscribing to this podcast on the different podcast platforms. When doing that, you will also get an update every time we have a new episode out. So again, thank you and see you again next time. Bye bye.